Hey everyone, welcome to the first 2017 episode of Misaligned. We are back after taking a few weeks off, which was a much needed break, I think, probably for both of us. Things were getting a little hectic to end the year, so we are back. It'll be the same schedule as usual. These will go up on Thursdays. I'll still be doing guest episodes in between our regular episodes. And before we dive into today's topics, I just want to remind you guys, since it's been a while, that our book club pick is Nothing Feels Good by Andy Greenwald. And we will be doing that episode in two weeks. So it'll be our next regular episode. Megan, have you started reading that at all? I have not. And as I actually found out last time I went to the library, my library doesn't actually have it. So I will probably be placing an Amazon order for it soon. (laughs) Oops. Yeah, I just actually cracked it open today. So you are not too far behind me there. But it's about 300 pages or so. So for both of us, it should be very easy to get through in about two and a half weeks, I would say we have here or just two weeks before we record again, really, but two and a half weeks before everyone else hears it from our day recording day of recording, which is Monday the 9th right now. So last night, the Golden Globes happened. Megan, I know you watched these and I did not because I was being destroyed by an Ikea dresser that my mom and I were putting together. So Get me up to speed here. I only know very, very little. I heard about Meryl Streep's speech, and I know you want to talk about that. I heard Atlanta won for Best Musical or Comedy, and then I heard La La Land kind of sweeped every category they were in. Yep. So what happened last night was Jimmy Fallon hosted, and to be honest, it was kind of boring. Okay. Kind of a miracle I didn't fall asleep. (laughs) His opening was great. It was um, an homage to La La Land. And it featured the Stranger Things kids rapping, which I thought was adorable. But, of course, I haven't seen La La Land. My friends are telling me, oh my god, you have to see this. Like, just go see it. And after last night, I'm just like, is it really seven Golden Globes good? Like, it swept every category that it was nominated in. And that's okay, I guess. I saw a lot of mixed reactions on Twitter. I'll get around to seeing it eventually because it is a musical. I am a sucker for musicals. I'll get into that later on in the show. But over the weekend, I had a choice between seeing La La Land and Hidden Figures, which was also nominated. Um, Wasn't really nominated for anything massive, but it was for Best Score, which obviously lost out to for La La Land. But... I chose to see Hidden Figures instead, and I have to say, I am impressed. I was okay with that decision, and I'll talk more about Hidden Figures later. It's not relevant (laughs) right now. Uh, Yes, Donald Glover in Atlanta, he didn't actually win Best Comedy or Musical, because that's the movie category. Oh, okay. Um, It was Best TV Comedy or something like that. He beat out shows like Veep and all the ones that have been out there for years. and tra- Oh, and Transparent. He also beat out Transparent, I believe. But A, Donald Glover is the only guy in Hollywood, I'm sure, that could rock a brown velvet suit. <laughs> I did see that. I just saw a picture yeah. of it earlier today. It, it was very interesting. I, I mean, I did see a lot of velvet on the red carpet last night, which I am here for. I am here for this velvet trend. I'm also here for Donald Glover in more velvet suits. Yes, please. 
Um, but despite, you know, my slight tangent into fashion, which I'm going to talk about a little more shortly too, it's impressive that he won Best Actor in a Comedy, Best Male Actor, I should say, and that Atlanta won. This is a huge, huge honor. And of course, I thought it was pretty cool that he went and thanked Migos last night. Nice. Because, you know, that's awesome. And it shows that the people who are actually voting for these shows are focusing a little more on diversity. I mean, sure, there were still a lot of, like, predominantly white things nominated. But to see shows like Atlanta get their time in the spotlight says a lot. And speaking of diversity, the lovely Tracy Ellis Ross won Best Actress in a Comedy. And this is the first time in 30 years, I believe, that a woman of color has actually won this award. Okay. Her speech was phenomenal. Oh, my God. I loved her dress. Her accessories were on point. But her speech, her speech was incredible. She talked about how representation is important and how it is important to get out various representations of different groups in America. Like, she's on the show Blackish, which is on ABC. I have seen episodes of it, and it actually is pretty funny. I have to say that ABC is, I guess, a little on point with the minority shows. They've got Fresh Off the Boat, they've got Blackish, they've got, well, actually, I think those are the only two shows that really are really making an impact in today's society. Um, but if you get the chance, definitely go read a transcript of both Tracy's speech and Donald's speech. I guess okay. his speech is, since there's two, <laughs> which is just awesome. I'm, I'm so happy for him. Um, but speaking of speeches, Viola Davis gave a speech to introduce Meryl Streep for her Lifetime Achievement Award. And her speech was wonderful. And it was just... You want to be with someone who looks at you the way that people look at Meryl Streep. That was a recurring thing of last night. And I have nothing but respect for Meryl. I have nothing but respect for Viola. And I just, that's goals right there. <laughs> right. But Meryl's speech, ooh, she threw some shots and it was awesome. She talked about how important it is to protect the press, which is true. As a journalist, I think it is important that the press should be held accountable for what they do. They should be held accountable for how they report. And most importantly, they need to be protected because starting next week, after the 20th, I'm a little terrified of how that's going to go. Given the fact that we're currently dealing with a president-elect who goes to Twitter and throws tantrums about people. He threw a tantrum about Meryl's speech because she talked about how not okay it is that he mocked a reporter with a disability. He's backtracked and said that he didn't do that. And I'm just like, bruh, <laughs> there are so many video clips out there of you doing right. this. You need to stop that. Just get off your high horse. But her speech was important. And she talked about how violence invites violence and adver or, um, now I have to look this up. 
I put it on my Facebook last night, her entire speech. Uh, disrespect incites disrespect. There we go. And it's, it was one of those moments where you just realize this is what is going on in our nation. And of course, she ended her speech with a lovely tribute to Carrie Fisher. Um, I'm sure, as all of you know, Carrie Fisher died a few weeks ago. Huge loss in the world of acting. Huge loss in the Star Wars universe. My God. Huge loss for women, people with mental health problems, and addicts everywhere because she was so outspoken. And she talked about everything. And then shortly after her death, her mom died, and that was just even more sad. And Debbie Reynolds was an American treasure. But she ended her speech with take your broken heart and turn it into art, which is just an amazing Carrie Fisher quote that I haven't actually seen as much everywhere. So if you get the chance, also read a transcript of her speech or watch her actual speech, uh, if only also because her outfit was awesome and caught my eye because sequins. So before I end my Golden Globes 2017 spiel here, I will say that despite it being boring, this year was pretty strong for fashion. And that made me excited. I mean, Donald and his brown velvet suit. We've got Janelle Monet, who made it onto a few worse dress lists. But I loved it. It was like this floofy, polka dotted black and white outfit. That she she's so outlandish and she's such a trendsetter that you know what I'm gonna see this in a few years and people will be like hey remember that time she wore that thing that we all thought was ugly and now it's in style like okay but that's just me in love with Janelle and her style um let's see Emma Stone as always her dress was lovely and I'm glad it got a lot of um a lot of airtime on the show last night for all of the awards that she won. And, well, La La Land, I guess. Uh, Let's see. Millie Bobby Brown is 12. Last night I tweeted about how I'm envious of a teen style and she's 12. Her dress was stunning. She was very age appropriate. And, oh, because I'm, like, all over the place right now thinking of Emma Stone, it's interesting that she and Andrew Garfield were both there but not together. And, like, my little heart weeps because they were a cute couple. But uh, in case you didn't notice... Ryan Reynolds and Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man and Deadpool, basically had a great kiss last night on the show. Like, that is a thing that happened, and if you missed it, oof, that was a moment that got overlooked. And now I'm actually kind of here for a Deadpool and Spider-Man movie. (laughs) So, you know what? There we go. That was last night's show, in a nutshell. Oh, right. And I'm upset that Moana didn't win Best Animated Feature, because that was a great movie. But it did win, or it did lose out to Zootopia. So Disney is coming out strong again. Both Zootopia and Moana are just great films. And, of course, Moana lost out to La La Land for Best Original Song. But while I'm thinking of this, Steve Carell and Kristen Wiig were the announcers for, um, or the presenters for the Best Animated Feature. They stole the show. I am here for them hosting any award show next year. Like, get rid of Jimmy Fallon. He wasn't that funny. 
I will take Kristen and Steve being depressing and talking about just dark moments over everything else. Yeah, I heard they were much better than Jimmy Fallon was. And as someone who didn't watch it, obviously, all I saw was the aftermath on Twitter, basically, or even sometimes on Instagram, because I follow quite a few people who were in attendance at the Golden Globe. So, you know, it was like they were posting their dresses and everything and posting afterwards. Uh, so to live in California. I didn't really keep up with who was winning what, because like I said, I was putting a dresser together. And after I finished that, I was just kind of done with the day in general. <laughs> so I definitely know that there are a lot of things that were nominated that I still need to go watch because like I was telling you when you said you wanted to talk about this, I saw maybe a handful of things that were nominated because I am horrible at keeping up with movies. It's sort of like... I think you saw more of the TV shows than anything. Yeah, I definitely watched all of Atlanta. I sort of watched the first eight episodes in a timely manner and then the last two sort of just sat there for a few weeks and then I watched those two finally and it was, you know, well before the Golden Globes and everything, but... Mm -hmm. A lot of the movies I saw last year were like, you know, Captain America Civil War. I just saw Rogue One. So it's like things that weren't necessarily going to be nominated in the big categories or anything. And the only reason I don't watch quite as many movies, it's not because I don't like them. It's just because between podcasts, music, writing about both things at times or you know mostly writing about music but then sports and everything else it's like movies are the one thing that it, it just kind of suffers for me you know because I watch so much tv and all of this so I feel like I just have this very very long list of movies I need to get to I know last year at the beginning of the year I was really wanting to catch up on a lot of the 2015 movies and I started off strong and then it just totally did not happen. So, you know, I still have a lot of things to watch, not only from last year, but from 2015 still. So we'll see if I ever get caught up with that. I'm trying to sort of watch more movies and cut back on TV shows and that sort of thing. So I'll definitely have to go check out the list of winners and see, you know, kind of what's what and what I should be watching or catching up on in my case. Oh, oh, totally. And I mean, in the best comedy or musical, Sing Street was nominated, too. And I actually watched that on Saturday after watching Hidden Figures. And I think, from reading Twitter correctly, over our little break, the it looks like the Modern Vinyl podcast guys will be talking about it. I know definitely Mike and Chris, I think. Um, but that's a cool movie. Even though it didn't win, it's worth checking out, because like, the soundtrack is 80s. 80s 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 the cure duran duran um let's see who else hall and oats just a classic guys it's I'll, I'll get into that more later so don't worry <laughs> yeah i sorry i definitely meant the nominee list not necessarily just the winners because i know that would just Atlanta, be la la land saw, yeah and he, la la land won what like seven things or something seven, seven yep, awards it actually or something. broke a record uh, broke the record for most Golden Globes won. Nice. Yeah, and I've heard a lot about that movie. I've heard a bit about Sing Street. I know, I think Arrival was nominated for something as well, and I've heard a bit about that. Not sure. 
But uh, yeah, I, I don't even really know what all was nominated because you told me these were on and I was like, that what what's on? You know, <laughs> I had no idea. But on that note, I think we will move on to our most anticipated list for 2017. And this will just be music releases. Maybe next week, next episode, we can pair more types of media like movies and books with our book club pick. This is true. I know I have a few more things on my list than you do. And I'm just pulling my list from the Encore episode I recently guested on, which was all about anticipative releases, but I didn't go through all of them in depth. So I'll try to get to the ones that I didn't get to on that podcast in depth. But for me, I have Cloud Nothings, The Menzingers, Andrew McMahon, Matt Pryor, John Mayer, The Killers, Shania Twain, Misaligned Favorite, Casey Musgraves, Japan Droids, and Justin Timberlake on my list. So that's sort of the top 10 of what I'm looking forward to. And obviously a good chunk of these we've heard songs from already. So Megan, why don't we go ahead and start with the two we have in common, which would be the Menzingers and Andrew McMahon. Oh, yes. The Menzingers actually dropped a song today, the title track after the party. Have you had a chance to listen to that or not yet? I have. It's really good. Okay. I have not like, listened I'm, I'm to it yet. Looking, but... I'm looking forward to this new album coming out. I believe it comes out next month, right? Yeah. February 3rd, I believe. Sounds about right. But yeah, I've enjoyed what I've heard from this so far. And while I haven't listened to the new song today, I plan on doing that after we're done recording here. And the same with Andrew McMahon. There have been four songs released, I believe, and yep. they've been pretty solid so far. So I'm sort of just looking forward to how the full album turns out for that one. See, it's interesting you should say that. Like, I I was actually talking about this with my boyfriend over the weekend, where I'm excited for Andrew's new album. What is it? Zombies on Broadway? But the feel of it so far from what I've gathered from the four songs released is that it's definitely more pop geared. So I would say more along the lines of fun second album. Right. And three of the four songs so far are good. They're bops. I mean, I love Fire Escape. I absolutely love Fire Escape. And So Close will uh, grow on me. And trying to think the there was another one that's not brooklyn you're killing me i hate brooklyn you're killing me like i can't get into that it's just not andrew's sound um i will just sit here and complain about how awful that song is but i do also like walking in my sleep and i'm interested to see if he'll release much like what what he did for his self-titled wilderness debut right do acoustic songs or acoustic versions of the songs so i would love to hear an acoustic version of just him and his piano with walking in my sleep but um it's interesting that he's taking this direction because the sophomore release of jack's mannequin the glass passenger was very classic rock heavy more oriented towards a classic rock sound with just a smidge of california pop and I wish that that is a direction he would continue to take his music in because it's just much stronger. He has the ability to gre- or to create just amazing songs with that sound. I mean, I love Andrew. I love everything he does, basically. But I'm still a little iffy 
on what the full sophomore release will sound like because it could very well fall into that sophomore slump category where it gets so hyped up and then you listen to the full thing you're like oh okay but I don't know if this is me growing up with my musical taste growing up or what but I'm still looking forward to it coming out next month I'm still looking forward to I don't know if I'll be seeing him live on this tour everything's just like dates are everywhere (laughs) but yeah it's, it's interesting I think he did say he was taking more of like a New York approach to it because he did some thinking with this album and he was thinking about putting in just references or like the feel of where he was recording like everything in transit is so california and he wanted i guess maybe to get back to his roots with where he comes from so of course like this album the grown-up album california or not california new york inspired if i'm thinking of all this correctly (laughs) you can tell that's like what i was really looking forward to this year (laughs) yeah and i i think you know andrew mcmahon is one of those people who I'll sort of listen to whatever he does because, you know, he's had quite a few projects over the years and everything, and I've sort of tried to keep up with all of them or, you know, retroactively go back and listen to his previous projects. And I think, you know, that's what the main reason I'm sort of looking forward to this. I haven't had much of an issue with any of the songs. I've probably only given each one a single listen, though, so I definitely need to go back and sort of listen to those before the album comes out but another album on my list is life without sound by cloud nothings and it's been almost three years now since their last release which was here and nowhere else and that was sort of the first time i heard of the band and got into them despite it being their third album that they had done so i have not gone back to listen to their first two studio albums yet so i'm sort of hoping to do that before you know this record comes out and it's out January 27th so I don't have too much time left but hopefully I will get to that before then and I think sort of along those same lines I was mentioning with Andrew McMahon Matt Pryor is another person who I sort of just follow no matter what he does whether it's the Get Up Kids a solo project or what have you and He also has a record coming out fairly soon here. So those two are kind of ones I would lump together in the same, I guess, rate of anticipation or something like that. You know, those two, it's like, I sort of just want to hear stuff from both Cloud Nothings and Matt Pryor right now. So I'm looking forward to those. And then the second half of my list is sort of where we get into probably more excitement for some of these albums Mm -hmm. i mean a lot of the albums i'm looking forward to coming out probably haven't even been released yet you know how that goes (laughs) but a lot are also coming out either this month or next month right like i have the xx's new one on here and that comes out on friday i believe they've released three songs from that album so far I think two were only available to stream. I'm not 100% sure. But I know that they played two on SNL, released a song last week, and the second song that they played on SNL, I still have not been able to find a quality, like, actual audio stream of. But their SNL performance was pretty cool, and I'm excited to hear what this new album will bring. Right. And... 
you mentioned, you know, what was it? Cloud Nothings releasing an album for the first time in years. Yeah, it's been about three years uh, almost. Yeah, I've got Acceptance on here. They've got an album coming out next month. Yeah. So this is actually their sophomore release since their first album came out all the way in 2005. I believe they were doing um, a pledge fund of some sort, crowdfunding for the new album. But it should be, I think, closer to the end of next month. And I think they've, yeah, they've released some stuff from that already. And it's a very grown-up acceptance. So I'm excited for the full album. Other than the fact that, like, this is the first time since 2005. Yeah. <laughs> like, they re- announced their getting back together, what, last year? Ten years after Phantoms was released. So there's hope for all those bands that are still out there on hiatus. Yeah, and... One of the ones Jason and I sort of went a little more in depth on was John Mayer's release. And, you know, as it turns out, that morning he announced that it would be released in waves and he's going to be doing four songs a month, which I specifically said I did not want it to be every month because that's just a lot of songs from any artist. I don't really care who the artist is. Like 48 songs from one artist is a lot in one year. Who does he think he is? Bob Dylan? (laughs) That sort of has me a little worried as far as quality-wise, how it will be. And I mean, I know he's been writing songs for at least a couple years now without having any sort of release. I know we heard one song a while ago. but Love on the Weekend. Right. And that sort of I don't even know if that's going to be included in any of these months here or if that's sort of just a one-off thing. He's like, all right, I've released that. It's done. Now I'm going to go do this instead. So I'm still very interested in seeing how this all plays out, especially now that I know it's pretty much exactly what I did not want him to do. I was sort of hoping, you know, maybe four songs a season or something like that. And then by the end of the year, you could sort of have these 16 songs and see how they flow together whether it comes off as definitely more of a seasonal type album as well so i thought that would have been a little more interesting but it's john mayer so i'll listen to probably all of the songs and i know my best friend will be just like oh my god new music john mayer i love him this is great nothing's (laughs) going to get my way now which actually she'd probably be more excited about that I'll have to let her know about that, actually. Yeah. Um, But continuing on to my list, you know, mine is much smaller than yours, but that's okay. Like, I have Ryan Adams on here. Right. Prisoner is his new release. And Do You Still Love Me is the song that I am hearing everywhere on adult alternative radio. Like, I've heard it on uh, WNRN a lot. I've heard it on The Corner, which is a Charlottesville station a lot. I'm hearing it on a bunch of the different XM stations a lot. So I'm interested to see how Prisoner will sound. And also, Los Campesinos are releasing a new album. So that should be fun. I'm always here for new Los Campesinos music. I know that they are taking Crying out on tour in the next few months. I was mulling over if I wanted to go up to D.C. to see that or not, since it's not coming to Richmond. So that should be... uh, an interesting tour and uh oh right crying speaking of crying i believe they once toured with sorority noise who should be coming out with lp3 this year 
as of right now, there's really nothing coming out about it. No release date, no... Well, I guess I could say there was a small preview of something. Right. Right before we started recording, I saw that they had posted a video on their Facebook teasing something. And Triple Crown Records, which is the label they just signed to, which is awesome, they reposted the same video. Cam had it on his Facebook. So they're teasing something right now, and I'm hoping it's a full, full announcement of LP3. Um, I remember in November I talked with Adam, Adam Ackerman of Sorority Noise, about LP3. And he said that he is excited for just everyone to hear it. I mean, obviously, he's already recorded it, so (laughs) he knows. But he said he said a lot of really good things. And that interview is actually up on the Modern Vinyl site now. It's the last interview posted of 2016 that I did. Still working on some because I had a backlog and life happens. And then lastly, on my list, speaking of new signees to record labels, Julian Baker just signed to Matador. And currently she will be re-releasing her 2014 album on Matador. I guess they're repressing it or something. And she's coming out with a 7-inch. And it was announced last week that there's a new single, or like a new song streaming, which just rocks. It's called Funeral Pyre. So I am excited to see what she does with Matador. So she's coming from 6131 going to Matador, and I think Matador also has such acts like uh, Car Seat Headrest, which blew up in 2016. And they, oddly enough, much like Pine Grove, can be a bit of a divisive band for some people. I know I've seen that take on Facebook. Yeah, I think I listened to the Car Seat Headrest album, and it just didn't really do much for me. But I wasn't necessarily going on, you know, social media to blast the album or anything like that. I was just like, all right, it's not really my thing. But, you know, I listened to so many albums last year that I knew going into doing that, that not everything would be something I would necessarily enjoy, you know? Right. And I mean, everybody is entitled to their own opinion. Everybody is entitled to be like, okay, they suck or okay, they rock. I mean, when I released my end of the year list sometime in December, I had a few friends be like, where's Pine Grove on this list? Like, <laughs> why don't you have Pine Grove on? That was such a good album. Why is it not on your list? And I was like, well, you know, sometimes people are entitled to their own opinion. And I know I put one of their songs on my best songs of the year list, but it just wasn't Compared to what else I had in my list, it, it just didn't fit. Yeah, so. and sometimes, you know, you'll like an album at the beginning of the year, but it'll totally just slip your mind when you're doing your end of the year list. I know I had a few things that I think I went back and added after you had looked over my post because I mm-hmm. was like, oh, forgot to put this in honorable mentions sort of thing, you know? So it's not like I was writing paragraphs about an album or anything it was just tossing them into the honorable mention section but I have that happen a lot because I try to listen to so many things I don't necessarily get to listen to everything I like 
over and over and over again because like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I just consume probably way too much media in general. And I think that's something I'm definitely trying to work on for 2017 is trying to get a better balance of all these things I enjoy because it's it's like overwhelming basically sometimes. But, you know, I have five more things on my list to cover. So I'll try to go through these fairly quickly. The Killers, I believe, are working on some new music and they're one of those bands I've sort of just been following for a while. I have their reissue of Hot Fuss on order on Amazon, which is supposed to be coming out this Friday, but we'll see if it actually happens because I ordered it months and months and months ago and it just kept getting delayed like three more times after I had ordered it. So we'll see if that actually happens, if I get Hot Fuss on vinyl and if they come out with an album. And if they do, I really hope I enjoy it. Japan Droids is the only band on here that I actually haven't listened to quite that much. I know Celebration Rock was a huge album and everything. It's just I never really took the time to give it the proper listen that it deserves, basically. So I'm sort of using this new album coming up here as an excuse to do that. And I have two country records on my list, so I'm going to sort of lump these together. Shania Twain is coming out with a comeback album, which she has not released an album since, I believe, at least the early 2000s, I want to say, with Up. And Casey Musgraves may or may not have an album this year. This is the one I'm really not sure about, but I'm hoping she does because she is sort of one of the newer female artists who have she's sort of been bringing this new attitude to country music, I feel like. And that's very similar to what Shania did when she first hit the country scene and everything. So I feel like these two releases are going to be very big country releases for the year. And I'm really excited to see how both turn out. And last on my list... This is true. Yeah. And last on my list is Justin Timberlake's album, because I know he's in the studio. So I'm hoping we get it this year for sure at some point. But, you know, with the success of Trolls and everything and the soundtrack for that, I'm hoping we sort of just get more of that wonderful pop music from him because I know a lot of people had mixed feelings on 2020, but I think he's definitely matured his sound a lot since, you know, not necessarily the NSYNC days, but even just from Justified. Now I want to go back and listen to Justified because that is still just a solid, solid record. Yeah, and it's not that the record is bad by any means. It's just if you listen to all of his albums, his solo albums, you can hear the differences in each album. And with 2020, we got two albums from him. And even just those two albums, it's like both had very different feels to them. Mm -hmm. Kind of like... Uh kevin devine's bubblegum bulldozer right right exactly like technically you know he released those on the same day it could kind of count as like the same album but it was like a different experience with both of them yeah and i mean i'm just hoping his new record doesn't sound entirely like the song off of trolls can't stand that song Like, oh my god, I think it's just because I've heard it everywhere and I'm just sick of it and I still even, I've had no desire to even want to see Trolls. But for those of you who are interested, you can purchase a Bed, Bath, and Beyond exclusive version of the Trolls soundtrack 
on vinyl because they now have a vinyl collect or they now have a vinyl selection there, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, see, I don't know if it's because I don't really listen to the radio all that much because I'm always listening to podcasts in the car and everything. I don't think the song has been overplayed for me simply because I myself have not overplayed it. So I still find the song enjoyable and everything. And I have not gone through and listened to the entire it, the entire soundtrack. So that's, you know, something I debated on doing, but I was like, ah, whatever. I'll kind of just wait for him to release his own stuff instead of listening to a soundtrack that he had a pretty big hand in, it seems. Exactly. So, you know, that's, I think, you know, his album and then the two country albums are sort of the ones I'm anticipating the most. And, you know, it also happens that they will probably be the biggest albums off of my list, not including whatever John Mayer does and how that plays out. So I think, you know, there's, there was so much in 2016 that was good and even stuff that was great. It's hard to sort of gauge where 2017 is going to go because we had so many releases last year that we enjoyed. It's like, okay, who is even left to still release music in 2017? And obviously, some of the smaller to midsize bands you and I listen to tend to Mm -hmm. get music out more frequently because they aren't on these major label schedules and everything like that. So it'll be interesting to see how things all play out throughout the year because obviously there's a ton of stuff like I mentioned especially with the small to mid-sized bands that hasn't even been announced yet a lot of these things won't get announced until you know two or three months before they're going to be released if that even for some of I know the smaller bands that I listen to or they'll just pull a Beyonce and just drop a surprise album on us one day yes this is also true but I think that wraps up our most anticipated like I mentioned we will try to add some other media to our book club episode this way you know we can have a couple things to talk about for anyone who isn't going to either be finished with the book or isn't that big of a reader but listens to our book club episodes anyway which thank you for that and we are going to move on to recommendations right now and i know we each only have one thing so this should be fairly quick here but megan what is your recommendation sing straight So as I mentioned earlier, it was nominated for the Golden Globe for Best Comedy Musical. It features uh, Maria Dole Kennedy, who is Mrs. S on Orphan Black, as the mom in the movie. I just love Maria Dole Kennedy, but uh, it takes place in 1980s Dublin, and it's just about a bunch of kids who start a band to impress a girl. Nice. And as I said earlier, the music is awesome. Like You can actually see the influence of various bands with the actual musical process. And uh, God bless 80s fashion. (laughs) That movie alone is worth watching just for the bad 80s fashion. Yeah, that's one of those ones that I have to put on my list of 2016 movies I need to watch in 2017. (laughs) So my recommendation for the week is a pretty quick one. It's very similar to this because it is my guest episode on Encore where I talk to Jason about our most anticipated list, which it will be... A little redundant, but I think with Jason's list being quite a bit different from both mine and Megan's, there will still be something in there to enjoy. We do talk about brand new briefly and, you know, we sort of go more in depth on a few of the releases and everything. And 
I'm pretty sure there's some tangent in there about comic books or Batman or something, as I typically do, <laughs> you know, when I've talked to Jason these few times here. So I will probably be on Encore a handful more times, I believe, because for anyone who also listens to that show, if you haven't heard, Thomas is sort of stepping down as the regular co-host for the show. So Jason's going to have some recurring hosts on and, you know, try to get more guests on the show, whether it's band members or just music industry people in general. So definitely check out that episode and the podcast in general, because Jason does a great job with it. But that covers it for today. So as always, thank you guys for listening, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.